Lift up your hands towards heaven and wave it to the Lord. Wave your hands. Wave your hands to the Lord. Lift up your hands and wave it to him. The Bible says, He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You have come before God this morning and I know you believe that he is. Yes, so tell him that so you have come to him because you know that he is so and he is a rewarder of they that diligently seek him. You have come to seek him this morning through his word. You have come to seek him this morning through your fellowship with him in the name of Jesus. Wave your answer to him in the name of Jesus. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee. This morning we are praying that as the word of God comes to us it will keep us in peace. It will keep us in perfect peace in the name of Jesus. It will keep us in peace. Our souls, our bodies and our spirits if there is any news we have heard before coming to church this morning for which there is no peace in our hearts as we have come before him thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee lift up your hands and pray that Lord let your word bring me peace let your word keep me in peace Morning. What? 
la rilia rope de lebranda la ma i kayada la ma shabalaba shidalama shidalaba rakatakata the Bible says all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Trust Truly furnished unto all good works. He said all scripture is inspired by God. It's given by the inspiration of God. It's given by the inspiration of God. As the word of God comes to us this morning, we'll have inspiration. We'll be inspired by the word of God. And that which we could not do by the inspiration that comes from the word of God, we'll be able to do it. That will be furnished unto all good works. In the name of Jesus, lift up your hands and pray that as the word of God comes to you, you will be inspired by the word of God. You will be inspired by the word of God. In the name of Jesus, in Jesus name have we prayed amen 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 you are welcome this morning and I want you to move to three people and welcome them to this morning's anointing service. and welcome three people to this morning's anointing service. In the name of Jesus, welcome. Shake them and welcome them. Welcome them. Welcome them. Yes, Lord, you are all welcome. You are all welcome in the Lord. We welcome you in the Lord in the name of Jesus. Welcome somebody to today's service. Welcome somebody to today's service. Amen. You are all welcome to this morning's anointing service. We are still in the month of June. And June is a month of fatherhood. And today happens to be Father's Day. Although there is not so much noise about it. But it is still Father's Day. And so, on behalf of my father, the general overseer, I wish all of you, the fathers, and potential fathers, happy Father's Day in the Lord. God bless all of you. And our father, on behalf of your sons and your daughters, we wish you happy Father's Day. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. Amen. 
Happy Father's Day to all of us. Happy Father's Day. Amen. Amen. As I said, we are still in a month of fatherhood. And today, and they, you know, we'll be talking about sons and fatherhood. The of sons and fatherhood. Last week, we learned about some vital signs about sons and daughters. That if we say one is a son or a daughter, what are some of the signs that could easily be seen for which you could say this person is a son of this man or this person is a daughter of this man. And some of the signs we learned was that a son or a daughter resembles the father. There is always a semblance between a father and a son. And that a son or a daughter is forever. A son or a daughter does what his or her father do. Whatever the father does, the son or the daughter does that. The son or the daughter obeys his or her father. And so these were some of the signs we learned about sons and daughters. Today we are going to look at a different aspect of it. We are looking at types of sons. Amen. Amen. By the way, when we say someone is a son yes, be or a daughter, Anna, Obaba, what does it mean? Biologically, a son is a male child of a man born of a woman. It means after a man has had communion, fellowship, intimacy with the wife, and there is a bringing forth and that child happens to be a male biologically that child is a son amen Amen. praising Jesus is alive and so biologically a son is a male child of a man that came from a woman but today we are looking at sons or daughters in the context of the church and so we are talking about spiritual sons and daughters. And so if physically or biologically a son is born of a man then spiritually how does one become a son or a daughter? You are not a son or you are a son not because the man of God or the pastor biologically gave birth to you. Let's look at something in John chapter 1 verse 12 and 13. But as many as received him, as many as received him, to them gave the power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believed on his name. Now in the verse 11. It says that he came to his own. And his own received him not. And so notice this. 
Before one becomes a son in the church, there must be one dedicating a receiving acknowledgement. So you acknowledge and receive that this man is from God. I want to be his son. So he says, he came unto his own and his own received him not. Verse 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believed on his name. So there is a receiving and there is a believing. And so you just don't become a son a spiritual son of a man of God. There must be one, a receiving. By receiving that man of God, you receive him because you acknowledge that he is a man of God. And then two, by believing in him, you believe in him because he is a man of God. Verse 13. He says, which were born envy, not of blood moja, nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of God. Amen. 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 He said, which were born not of, the, not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of God. But of God. Amen. Amen. And so you become a spiritual son. Not because you were born of the blood of that man of God. Or of the will of his flesh. But of the will of God. In James chapter 1 verse 8, of his own will, begat he us, that we should become the first fruits a kind. Of his own will, begat he us, with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Amen. Amen. So we see that we become spiritual sons not because the man of God that we call our father our daddy our papa biologically gave birth to us. That is why you might be older than him but you call him papa. Why? Because you believe and you have acknowledged that he is a man of God and that you want to be under his feet to be taught the word of God. And so by that deed of receiving and believing you are begat by the word of God. And so you become a son or a daughter. Amen. So that is the concept of sonhood or sonship. That when you are a spiritual son you are not born biologically. Not of the will of the flesh. But of the will of God. Through his word. Amen. Amen. Praise him. Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. Amen. And so do we have sons and daughters here? We are sons and daughters because 
we have received the man of God and we believe in him that he is a man of God. A man sent from God to prepare us unto good works with the word of God. That is why we are sons and daughters. Amen. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 3 to 4. I was the son to my father, tender and the only son in the sight of my mother. Then he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words. Keep my commandments and leave. Says, I was a son to my father. Tender, and the only son in the sight of my mother. Then he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words. Keep my commandments and leave. And so if you are a son, if you are a son, it means you listen and that which you hear, you keep it in your heart and you live by it. Amen. Amen. So like last week we learned that the son obeys the father. And so you hear and you obey. Praise him. Jesus is alive. So this morning we are going to look at four types of sons. And you are one of that. Whether you believe it or you know it or not, you are one of that. The nature of a son is revealed by his response to his father. Often the good, the bad, and the ugly come out when sons have a relate, have to relate to fathers. There are four types of sons that the scripture speaks about. One, the prodigal son. Two, the elder son. Three, the beloved son. And the stubborn and rebellious son. By the time we finish explaining this, you see that you find yourself in one of these categories. You may either be a prodigal son, a first son, a beloved son or a stubborn and rebellious son. Let's start by looking at the prodigal son. Who is a prodigal son? To be prodigal means you spend or you use large amount of money, time, energy especially in a way that is not very wise. It means you spend anything without reasoning about it. Basically because you did not acquire those things yourself. And so your father gives you money to go and do something for him. And then you decide to go and spend it anyhow. There is this short clip that I watched some time back. 
And so the father had given a money to the son to go and do something and the son misused the money. So the father was complaining and the son was like, I did business with it. He said, I did business with it. But that was not the business the father asked him to go and do. So he spent the money unwisely. Luke chapter 15 verse 11 Let's read a story from there. And he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said unto his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. So after he demanded that the father shares what belongs to the father, what the father has acquired, that which falls unto him, the, the prodigal son, the father willingly did that. And the Bible says he took everything that belonged to him and he went on to a far country. And there he wasted the substance by living a riotous life. It means he spent it without thinking. Unwisely. Unwisely. Are you that son? When it comes to the church. Do you waste the time and the substance of the church? When you come, the way you handle things in the church, do you handle it as though it belongs to you? Amen. Amen. You come, you bring sachet of water or bottles of water into the auditorium. After drinking, you leave it on the floor. If it were to be in your room, would you have done that? That is a sign of the prodigal son. You do not take care of the thing because it does not belong to you. You waste it. You destroy it because it is not yours. After all, it is the church's property. And the church is not that of my father. It is because you do not know that your father is God. And so that which belongs to God belongs to you. The Bible says we are co-heirs with Jesus Christ. That whatever he has, we also have. We share in his inheritance. Praise him. Jesus is alive. And so you see, how you treat the things of the church determines or shows what kind of son or daughter you are in the church. Even the time you come to church. Now, you know that from the beginning, I said, and by the way, these are not my words. These are the messages, or this is the message my father has given to me, given unto us. That the nature of a son is revealed when he has to relate to the father. 
And so when it comes to your relationship with your father, your response to this relationship determines what manner of son or daughter you are. And so how you respond to the things of the church determine whether you are a prodigal son you are a first child you are a beloved son or you are a stubborn and rebellious son. Amen. Amen. So what are some of the signs of a prodigal son? A prodigal son goes away from his father's and his father's house. He leaves his father and leaves the house. Because if you were a true son, the Bible says a son is forever. A son remained forever. But a hireling cannot stay forever. And so a prodigal son will leave the father and leave the house. If you are a son of the bishop or the man of God, no matter what happens between you and him, if you are a son, you are forever. Whether you have been rebuked, whether you have been corrected, you are forever. But if you are a prodigal son, the moment something inconvenient to you comes, your response is, take your church. Amen. Amen. A prodigal son wants to be as far away from home as possible. And so he doesn't always want to be in church. He comes today, two months after he comes. And so he is on and off. A prodigal son is unstable. Like the wave of the sea. He is unstable in his ways. In his thoughts. A prodigal son wastes his father's or his life's opportunity. Do you know that some of us, if not all of us in the church, Whatever will become tomorrow is connected to what we do in the church. How we carry ourselves in the church. How we go about the things of God in the church. What we will become is connected to that. So our inability to handle these things well is causing us to waste our lives' opportunity. A prodigal son recognizes his mistakes in the midst of his life and returns to his father. After he has wasted everything, he comes to his senses and he says, I will arise and go back unto my father. Like it happened to the prodigal son said after he had wasted all that he had and he was dying of hunger the Bible says he came unto his senses he came into, unto himself and he said I will arise and go unto my father so a prodigal son. But there are some that will not come to their senses and arise and go unto their father. Amen. But a prodigal son 
will come unto his senses and say, I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. I'm not worthy to be called your son. Just make me one of your servants. But you know, a father's love the Bible says, whilst the prodigal son was afar off, he said the father saw him. He went and praised him. And he kissed him. And he asked his servants to give him the best of garments. And kill the fathers of cows. And make party for him. So the father's love, once you come unto him, he will show you love. But don't be a prodigal son. After you have wasted life's opportunity. After you have destroyed everything. Then you come unto yourself. And say I will arise and go unto my father. You may not have that chance. You may not have that opportunity. To come unto yourself. And say I will arise. For you. You may not be fortunate. You might have run out of grace and mercy. And you may not live to come unto your senses. By then you would have wasted life's opportunity. One may ask, if a prodigal son is a sin or not? Is it a sin? To be a prodigal son? Yes, it is. Why? Because you waste things. The thing that the things that belong to the church. You waste them. The things that belong to your father and your brothers. You waste them. Praise him. Jesus is alive. Amen. Amen. Let us look at the elder son. That is the second type of son. Luke chapter 15, 25 to 32. Now his elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked, what these things meant, and he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father have killed the fatted cow, because he have received him safe and sound. And he was hungry, and would not go in. Therefore came his father out, and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, Neither transgressed I at any time at thy commandments. And yet thou never gavest me a cake that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which have devoured thy living with hallows, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again. And was lost and is found. Amen. Amen. Praise him. Jesus is alive. 
So we see the elder son. Here. He was there with his younger brother. He might have worked harder than the younger brother. And from the narration, he was loyal to his father. He stayed faithful to the father. But when his younger brother, who was the prodigal son, took away and went and wasted those substances, when he came back, the father was happy. And he made party for him. Then he complained. I have been with you with all these years. I have never transgressed. Neither have I gone against your commandments. But you had never given me even a cake to make party with my friends. Unknown to him, everything that the father had belonged to him. And so there are some of us, we are the eldest sons in the church. But because we do not know that the church belongs to us, we get offended and we get carried away by certain things. I have been in the church all this while. This person came just a month or two ago. And you are going to check up on him. You are going to visit him. But unknown to you, everything that belongs to the church belongs to Amen. Meaning that you have a special place in the church. And in the heart of your father, you have a special place. But because you do not know, if you only knew, you will not complain that special attention is given to that new person. Who has not been tried and tested. But you have remained loyal and faithful. Let me tell you, you have a special place in the church. And in the heart of our Father. All that belongs to him belongs to you. All that belongs to the church belongs to you. Because there are some opportunities you have that that newcomer does not have. You can call the man of God at any time. You can come to him at any time. But that new person, he must have booked an appointment. But you just can't say, Papa, I came to see you. That is an opportunity that you have not averted your mind to. It is not everybody that has it. And so if you have it, it is because you are the elder son. Acknowledge this. And be aware of this. And don't get offended. An elder son stays at home with the father. And so you are in the church. You belong to the church. You are a member of the church all the time. Whether rain or shine. You are a son. An elder son never commits any major sin. Because you are always conscious of it. That I must guard that which belongs to my father. I must guard that which belongs to the church. Because I am the church. So whatever belongs to the church belongs to me. An elder son never strays off the straight, narrow 
path set for him by his parents. He said, train up a child in the way he should go. That when he grows, he shall not depart from it. And so because you are an elder son, and you have heard these words over and over, a path has been created for you. And your life is set on a course that you must follow. Amen. Amen. And so when the man of God, the father asks that something be done, the kind of energy you use to do it, the prodigal son will not use that same energy. Amen. Amen. And so you stay on that course. Because over the years, over the period, the words that you have been hearing have created a path for you which you are staying on and you are following that path. Praise Him. Jesus is alive. An elder son does not live a life of pleasure and waste. And so we are all in the church. But there are those that don't take delight in pleasure and waste. And there are those that at the least opportunity they want to have pleasure. And so even if it's a holiday and we are asked to come to church. The prodigal son will say, we come to church all the time. Why don't we have this holiday unto ourselves? That we may be able to go and have fun. But the elder son says, I have my fun when I come to church. This is the difference between the prodigal son and the elder son. The prodigal son does not live a life of pleasure and waste. An elder son can develop a self-righteous and judgmental attitude towards people who stray away. And you see, while the prodigal son has the tendency of coming back unto the father, the elder son also has the tendency to become judgmental and self-righteous. Because to him, he does not live like the way the prodigal son lives. He does not commit sins. He does not waste the substance of the father. And so when he sees the prodigal son, or the younger son, wasting things away, committing sins here and there, he becomes judgmental. And he begins to judge the younger son. But you see, we are not supposed to be judgmental. If the father was judgmental towards the prodigal son, or the younger son, when he came, the father would not have received him. But the father showed him love. The Bible says, this is how God commended his love towards us. That whilst we were yet sinners, Christ came to die for us. Christ came to die for us. He said to wit that God himself was in the world. In Jesus Christ. Yes. Drawing men unto himself. Reconciling men unto himself. Not imputing their sins against them. And so you see though we were sinners. 
God did not judge us. He did not condemn us. And so we don't have to become self-righteous and judgmental towards the younger or the prodigal son. We must not have that tendency. Amen. Amen. Praise Him. Jesus is alive. Since he has never committed any of these sins himself, he simply cannot understand why people should indulge in such foolishness. The reason why he becomes judgmental is that for him he has stayed true. And the words, have, the words that he has heard have built him up. The Bible says, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Which is able to build you up. And so because he committed himself to the word of God. The word of his grace. This word has built him over the period. And so he does not easily fall to these kinds of sins. So for him, he does not understand why someone should be sinning. Or someone should become a prodigal son. The first son is like that person that is in the bus. That is always the first person to get ready for the bus. Now the bus comes and he is on board. And they are waiting for the younger or the prodigal son. For 30, 45, one hour. And he does not understand why somebody should be late in coming to church. Yes. You are aware, you know that today is Sunday. And you must come to church. Why must you wait for somebody to come and call you? He doesn't understand it. He he cannot accept it. Why? Because for him, he has lived and heard the word over the time. And so he does not understand why somebody should be late in coming to church. Because if there is anything to be done, you should have done it the previous day. Or you could do it after church. And so he doesn't understand why the church should bring a bus to come and pick you and the bus should get there and waiting for you. And so he's always angry at everybody in the bus because they are late. That is the elder son. That is the elder son. Praise him. Jesus is alive. Which of these sons are you? If you are a prodigal son, you must transition to become the elder son. Where you know what, it, what to do and when to do it. That bus, a bus is coming to pick you to church. Why do you even have to wait for someone to come all the way from his place to come and wake you up? That today is Sunday. Let us go to church. Do you not know it yourself that today is Sunday? But you see, a prodigal son, because he has not stayed for long, because he has not been, he has not committed himself to the word. He has not been built by the word. That is why. 
And that is the difference between the prodigal son and the elder son. The elder son has been built by the word. Because he has heard the word over and over again. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so because there is faith, he always wants to please the Father. Because the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. You can only please God when you have faith. And how do you get that faith to please God? By hearing the word of God. Look at it there, Hebrews 11 verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to him, to God, must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And so the elder son believes the father. He has accepted and acknowledged the father. And he diligently serves him. And so he has that faith. And so he's always pleasing the father. But the prodigal son, because he has no faith, he doesn't even know what it means to please the father. He doesn't know if what I am doing is pleasing my father or not. For him, he is just living. And unbeknown to him, he is wasting his life. Praise him. Jesus is alive. And you see, if you are an elder son, you must pray that you don't become judgmental and self-righteous. And you must equally pray that the father lives to see the return of the prodigal son. Assuming that when the prodigal son left, by the time he came, the father had died. How was he going to be treated in the house? Do you think the elder son would have accepted him? No way. If the prodigal son is left at the mercy of the elder son, life will be miserable to him. He will live a sorry life. Because he doesn't understand why you should be late to church. And so he might even end up sacking you to go home because you are late to church. Because you are not attaching seriousness to the things of God. And so he will demonstrate anger towards you and be judgmental to you. Pray that you don't become, you know, when you have become the elder son, you don't become judgmental and self-righteous. And that you don't treat the prodigal son unfairly. Treat the prodigal son like the father will treat him. Show him love like God has shown us love. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That God was in the world reconciling us to himself. And he has reconciled us to himself. He did not impute our sins against us. Amen. Amen. Then comes the beloved son. The beloved son. Who is a beloved? 
someone who is dearly loved. Dear to the heart. So a mother or a father will say, this is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter. Because the child pleases the father or the mother. And so he or she is dearly loved. The child is dearly loved. He is a beloved son. Matthew chapter 3 verse 13 to 17. Matthew chapter 3 verse 13 to 17. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went, went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. And upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. A beloved son is well pleased of the father. The son is the father is well pleased in the son. That is a beloved son. A beloved son becomes the eye of the father. He becomes the apple of the father's eye. He occupies a special place in the heart of the father. And so when you touch that son, you have touched the father's heart. You see, you are in the house with your siblings. And there is this one child that went when the other ones need something from their father or their mother, it's the one that they send. Because if all the other ones should say, we are hungry, we need food, the way they will shout on them. And so what they will do is that they will send this one. They said, go and tell mommy that you are hungry. Or we are hungry. And once he goes and says that we are hungry, I am hungry. The mother willingly gives them food. But if it were the other ones, they go and say we are hungry. Didn't you just eat? Eating and eat But the beloved child can eat ten times a day. The mother or the father will still give him. Why? Because he's so loud. And so when there is something to be done, they need something. That is the person they send to the father or the mother. Are you the beloved son? Like Jesus was the beloved son of God. And he's still the beloved son of God. Let's look at Matthew chapter 17. And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into an high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses, and Elias talking with them. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee and one for Moses and one for Elias, Elijah. While he yet spake, 
Behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. So two times God referred to Jesus as his beloved Son. The beginning of his ministry. After he was baptized. The Bible says the heavens were open unto him. And lo, a voice came out of heaven. And said, This is my beloved son. In whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And on the mountain of transfiguration. The voice came again. And then said, This is my beloved son. In whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Hear ye him. Hear ye him. And so, if you are a beloved son, the father delights in you. May you become a delightful son this morning. Amen. Amen. By the words that you are hearing, and you continue to hear, may you be transformed into a beloved son. But Daniel you might have been a prodigal son Maybe at this point. About the same for By the grace of God, you have become a first son. May that same grace transfigure you into a beloved son. Because if you are a beloved son, you are so dearly loved. And you have a special place in the heart of your father. Because Jesus was so dear to God. The Bible says, Trust God so highly exalted him and gave him a name that is above all other names. And at the mention of that name, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord. A beloved son always has a special name. It's always highly exalted. The father always speaks highly of him. Everywhere the father wants to show him up. Because he's a beloved son. Praise him. Jesus is alive. Amen. Amen. A beloved son is someone who submits to authority. Jesus was called a beloved son at the very beginning of his ministry when he accepted the humble conditions of his call. A beloved son, the mark of a beloved son is submission. He submitted to authority. Like we read in John chapter 1 verse 12 and 13 that as many as received him and believed on his name. To them he gave the power. In other words, he gave them the right. The inalienable right to become sons of God. And so a son is submissive. A son acknowledges the father. He receives the father. 
and he believes in him. Last week we learned that a son believes and trusts in the father. That in all things he knows and believes and has trust in the father. That the, son, the father can provide. When you were young, and you tell your father to buy you aeroplane. Your father will tell you, alright. And you believe the aid that your father will buy it for you. Meanwhile, your father doesn't even know where the airport is. He only sees the aeroplane far in the sky. But he tells you he will buy you aeroplane. And you believe it. Why? Because you are a son. Every son believes that the father is the strongest man on earth. Every son believes that the father is the richest man on earth. And the father is capable of doing everything for him. And so whatever the father asks him to do, he does it. He is submissive to the father's authority. He accepts whatever the father tells him. Oh, to do. And so Jesus became a beloved son yes, by accepting the condition of his call. Jesus knew that he was coming to die. Yes, and not that he would sleep and not wake up again. And yes, he knew the kind of death he was going to go through. And so at a point, he prayed a sincere prayer. That father, I wish this cup would pass me by. But not of my will. But of your will. Because he knew that he became a son by the will of the father. It was not by his own will that he became a son of the father. But he became a beloved son through the will of the father. And so he said, yet though I know that this death is painful, which I wish I would not go, that I wish this death will pass me by, is not of my will. But of the will of the Father. Of your own will. A beloved son is a humble son. Jesus was a beloved son. Because he bowed down before John the Baptist. Even though he was the son of God. He did not count it as robbery. He did not consider it as robbery to be co-equal with God. But he humbled himself. Even to the point of death. And God highly exalted him. And gave him a name that is above every other name. That is why there is salvation in his name. Because God has highly exalted his name. Even above his word. And so the Bible says, there is no name in heaven. On earth. the earth. Even amongst men. Whereby we must be saved. Except the name of Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 4 verse 12. That there is no name in heaven. Given amongst men, whereby we must be saved. Because of his humility, because of his submissiveness, God has highly exalted his name. Acts 4, verse 12. 
God has given him a name. That at the mention of that name. So every knee bow. Everything that has a name. Bows. And every tongue confesses. And his name brings us salvation. We would not have had this salvation if Jesus was not a beloved son. It is out of his humility and submissiveness that he gained this name. Amen. Amen. A beloved son is someone who is obedient to all instructions. A beloved son will obey an instruction whether it makes sense or not. He is obedient to all instructions. All instructions. He carries out the instruction before even trying to see whether it makes sense or not. He does not carry out the instruction because it makes sense to him. He carries out the instruction because it is coming from the Father. That is a beloved son. Because he trusts in the Father. And he knows that the Father will not give him an instruction to do something that would destroy him. And so he will carry out the instructions whether it makes sense or not. That is a beloved son. And he obeys all instructions. He said, if you love me, obey my commands. A beloved son will obey an instruction whether it is easy or difficult. Jesus Christ was not just obedient to nice and easy instructions. He was obedient at every level. Beloved sons are obedient at all different levels of obedience. It doesn't matter what the instruction is. He obeys it. He obeys Instructions. He is obedient to it. May we all become beloved sons and daughters this morning. It does not just come like that. Jesus did not obtain the name just by doing easy and non-difficult things. He took on a task that caused him his life. That's how come he has a name that is above all other names. Amen. Amen. Jesus Christ did the ultimate and obeyed his father. Even unto the death on the cross. Most Christians so, will struggle with the instructions that will lead to certain death. But not Jesus Christ. He was quintessential beloved son. It means he is the ideal, the most perfect example. The classical example when it comes to a beloved son. To him, everything was about the father. 
He said, I must go about my father's business. To him, everything was about the father. Everything that concerns the father's business was his business. He did not live unto himself. He did not come to live unto himself. He came to live unto the father. He said, I must do the works of him that sent me as long as it is day. For the night cometh where no man can work. And so as long as it is called day, I must not do my own works. I must do the works of my father. And he said, that which I see my father do, same do I do. And so the life of the Beloved son, it's all about the father. If whatever he will do does not please the father, or in your to the benefit of the father, he will not do it. If it will lead to a loss to the father, he will not do it. Amen. Amen. Praise him. Jesus is alive. And so Jesus gave everything because of the Father. He lived the life. He lived his life for the Father. He put his Father above everything else. Everything else. The Father first. The, father, the business of the Father first. Before any other thing. He did not consider himself. Everything about him was about the father. So everything he says, my father. My father. My father. Amen. Amen. May we become beloved sons and daughters. May we become beloved sons and daughters. At this point, you know what it means or what it takes to become a beloved son or a daughter. It just doesn't come. It must cost you something. It must cost you your time, your energy, your resources. And sometimes your life. It must inconvenience you to become a beloved son. Because everything Jesus went through were inconveniencing. Because at every point they sought to kill him. They sought to kill him. Imagine knowing that everybody is after your life. Everybody wants to kill you. Yet you go about doing what you are supposed to do. How inconveniencing that would be. But that was the life that Jesus Christ lived. That was his life. Amen. Amen. Praise him. Jesus is alive. Now finally, let us look at the last category of sons and daughters. And after this, I would ask you, which of the sons or daughters are you? The last one is a stubborn and rebellious son. 
A stubborn person is determined to do what he or she wants and refuses to do anything else. And if someone is rebellious, they are difficult to control and do not behave in the way that is expected. A stubborn child or a stubborn person is determined to do whatever he wants to do and refuses to do anything else. And a rebellious person is very difficult to control and do not behave in a way that is expected of them. Are you a stubborn child? Do you always determine to do what you want to do? And not anything else. And Praise him. Jesus is alive. Deuteronomy chapter 21 verse 18. He says, if a man have a stubborn and rebellious son, which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and that when they have chastened him, will not hearken unto them. Then shall his father and his mother lay hold on him, and bring him out unto the elders of his city, and unto the gates of his place. And they shall say unto the elders of his city, This our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. And all the men of his city shall stone him with stones that he die. So shalt thou put evil away from among you. And shall Israel, and all Israel shall hear and fear. In the days of Moses, this was how stubborn children were treated. He said, when the stubborn child will not hear anything of the father or the mother, will not obey the father or the mother, what they do is that they lay hold of him and take him to the elders and bring him out of the gate of the city. And, the, and his parents, his father and mother, will tell the elders that this our son or our child is stubborn. He does not hear us. He does not obey us. And the elders shall stone him till he dies. And so shall you put away evil from our mouths. And so you see how a stubborn child is treated. But in our day today, nobody will stone you because you are a rebellious or a stubborn child. But you see, God himself will handle you. And and the Bible says, it is a terrible thing for one to fall into the hands of God. It is a terrible thing for one to fall into the hands of God. Ezekiel chapter 2 verse 8. Now you, son of man, listen to what I am speaking to you. Do not be rebellious like that rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I am giving you. This was a clarion warning unto Ezekiel. 
says, don't be a rebellious person. Because the Bible says rebellion, the, the sin of rebelliousness is as a sin of witchcraft. So if you are a stubborn and a rebellious child, your sin is as that of a witchcraft. That is how God considers you. He puts you in the same pedestal or the same level of witches and wizards. People who practice witchcraft. That is the level that God places you. When you are stubborn and rebellious. And you see, rebellion does not come in a day. And stubbornness does not come in a day. The same way to become a beloved son is not just a day's journey. It may take your lifetime by constantly hearing the word of God. By constantly hearing the word of God. And as you continue to hear the word of God, it shapes you and transforms you into a beloved son. The same way your refusal to hear the word of God continuously shapes your life and puts you into the category of stubborn and rebellious child. And the end of a stubborn and rebellious child is destruction. Amen. Amen. If you are stubborn and rebellious, you do not obey instructions. You are always resistant to instructions. You are always resistant to instructions. So the instruction is that we should skip a meal a day towards Basin campaign. If you are a beloved son, you say, because my father has said it, I will do it. But if you are a rebellious and stubborn son or daughter, the first question will be, what about the people who are getting on board the bus? What are they contributing? It sounds logical, doesn't it? You see, at that point, you are playing the role of a first child or first son and a rebellious son. Because the first son is self-righteous. He is judgmental. He will not understand why Someone should pay for your basin. You come to church. What are you doing yourself? What are you doing? But a beloved son, whether you are on board the bus or not, you say, because Papa has said it, I will do it. And you see, if you are getting on board the bus, you will not become a beloved son if you yourself is not obeying this instruction. Keep a meal a day. Amen. Amen. Is it not possible we can do that? Is it so difficult that it will take away our lives? It is not. We all can do it. You see, it's not about the quantum of the money, but it is with the heart with which you obey that instruction. It is with the heart. 
with which you obey the instructions. That is what matters. Not the quantum of what you are giving. Yes, if you give us 100,000, 2,000, it will help us greatly to bring a lot more people. But if you give this amount and your heart is not in it, of what benefit is it to you? Amen. Amen. And so a rebellious son or stubborn son resist instructions. Although this instruction will benefit him, he will resist it. He says, skip a meal a day. Don't wash your own basin. Your own. Wow. Your own wow. You are the one that sits in the back. Wow. And come to church to hear the word of God. And be prayed for. And be blessed. And he says, skip a meal a day. Towards that basket. And you say, you don't understand. Because I don't have money. Amen. Amen. Okay. Okay. I want to explain something to you. We'll come back to the types of sand. Now, do you know that lions, tigers, leopards, and cheetahs, these wild animals, are running out of number. They refer to them as endangered species. Meanwhile, nobody is eating their meat. But their numbers keep reducing. Have you ever heard what to say that market or the world has run out of chicken? But every day, every house, eh. one house or the other is eating chicken. Cows are not endangered. Fishes are not endangered. Chickens are not endangered. Why? 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 Lions are not being eaten. Have you heard anybody eating? What is going to be rich But they are they are going into extinction. They are endangered. Almost, almost. Why? It comes to the principle of giving and receiving. Because the fish is always giving. Because the cattle is always giving. Because the chicken is always giving. It is always in abundance. But the lion, the tiger, the cheetah, they are always taking. And they are going into extinction. And so you see, if you want to receive more, the Bible says there is blessing in giving than receiving. There is no receiving when there is no giving. Praise him. Jesus is alive. And so this Skip a meal a day instruction. We must obey it. And those are some of the instructions that makes us beloved sons. But if you continue to say, I don't have money, how would you get if you don't give? The Bible says, give, trust him, and it shall be given unto you. Press down, shaking together. Running over shall men give unto your bosom. He said, with the measure with which you measure, so shall it be measured unto you. He said, God loves a cheerful giver. 
said he lost a cheerful giver. He said, if you sow willingly, you will reap willingly. But if you give sparingly, in other words, gradually, that is how your reaping will be. And so the instruction of skip a meal a day, we must not be graduate. We must obey it and do it and do it well. And do it well. And so whether you get on board the buses or not, you must skip a meal a day. It doesn't matter the quantum of the money. If it is one CD, two CD, three CD. Now ask yourself. Your meal, is it? Does it cost you one CD? Now, a bowl of cake, how much now, is it? All right. Three CDs. Three CDs. You see, the Bible says, whatever you find your hands doing, whatever you are doing, do it as though you are doing it unto God and not unto man. So, assuming you say, okay, our Father has instructed us that we should skip a meal a day. I will not say I will not do it so that they describe me as a rebellious man. I will do it. But I will give one seed. You see, half obedience is equal to total disobedience. Half obedience is equal to total disobedience. It's better you did not do it. Because yourself, be sincere and honest yourself. One seed. How much is even pure? Amen. Amen. Do it as though you are doing it unto God. And yes, you are doing it unto God. Amen. Amen. Back to my topic. The rebellious son or the stubborn son stubborn and rebellious sons are opposed to the instructions. They resist it and they oppose it. With all their strength and with all their might, they will resist it and oppose it. Stubborn and rebellious sons dislike the person of their father. And so they, they don't even want to show their father. Have you, have you ever come to a point in your life where you become ashamed of your father? That is a rebellious son. A rebellious son is ashamed of his father. He does not like the person of his father. The father's personality. The person of his father, he doesn't like him. He is ashamed. Why is my father short? Why is my father big? Amen. Amen. Praise him. Jesus is alive. Stubborn and rebellious sons dislike the methods of the Father. The methods of the Father. The ways of doing things. They don't like it. They dislike it. Stubborn 
stubborn and rebellious sons grow to dislike the ways of the father. And so everything about the father they dislike it. His person they dislike it. His methods they dislike. His ways they dislike it. Everything about the father they dislike. They wish this man was rather their father. They wish their father is as tall as this. They wish their father was, you know, had this status in society. And so they prefer to be associated with someone's father. And they will at all points showcase that person as their father. And will never showcase who their father is. That is a stubborn and rebellious son. Amen. Amen. I remember last week, ah, okay. I, didn't know, I didn't know two was saying something. He said there are some of us here. We are on all social media platforms. But we have not at any point, not even a single time, share anything about our father yeah, share. We are ashamed. We are ashamed. You cannot be a beloved son or daughter, when you don't like the person of your father, the methods and the ways of your father, you cannot be a beloved son. Stubborn and rebellious sons want a different profession from their fathers. Stubborn and rebellious sons want a different lifestyle from their fathers. You see the prodigal son. When we about the iPhone. The father, though he had everything, lived a modest life. But the, the Bible says the, the, the um, prodigal son uh, went the and lived a riotous lifestyle. And he wasted everything. And so he lived a lifestyle that was contrary to what the father was living. And so they always want to force their fathers to sponsor their lifestyle which the father himself does not live that life. Stubborn and rebellious sons are angry at correction and need to be corrected for being angry at the correction. They are always Angry at correction. He said, Yes, you, you can correct me, but be, be careful the way you, you go about correcting me. You can't speak to me like that. I'm not a small boy. That is a rebellious child. You know that it doesn't matter how old you are. If your father is alive, he is still your father. He can still correct you. He can still instruct you. It doesn't matter. You could be 70 years. If your father is still alive and he's 90 or 95 years. He is still your father. He can still instruct you. Amen. Amen. Praise him. Jesus is alive. 
So these four types of sons and daughters, which of them are you? I don't need an answer from you. Answer your own self. We have looked at the, the prodigal son, the wasteful son. He wastes everything. And we have looked at the first child, the first son. He stays forever. But he is judgmental. He may end up becoming judgmental and self-righteous. And we have looked at the beloved son. The beloved son does everything that is of the father. His life is all about the father. His father's business. Everything about the father's business is his business. That is what he is concerned with. And we have looked at the stubborn child. The rebellious child. The one can, that can never be controlled. That is determined to do what he wants to do. And refuses to do anything else. So you are an usher. And your father says, I want you to become a house fellowship leader. He said, no, for me, I just want to be an usher. That is all I want to do. You don't want to do anything else. You are a choir, a member of the choir. Your father says, I want you to learn media. Papa said, media said, no, I just want to be in the choir. Oh, there be it, that that is all I to want to be. Nothing more, nothing less. You cannot be a beloved son or daughter with this attitude. There is an attitude that qualifies you to be a beloved son. Of all these that we have learned, the one that we must all desire to become is that of a beloved son. And it does not come in a day. It comes by consistency in your obedience. Consistency in your obedience. That is what will qualify you to be a beloved son. Amen. Amen. Praise Him. Jesus is alive. Shall we be on our feet? One month, one month, one month, one month, one month, one month, one Lift up your hands. Mount Sasso, and begin to thank God for the word that you have heard this morning. For His word that you have heard this morning. The word on the doctrine of sons and fatherhood. The types of sons. The word of God has come to expose to you the type of son or daughter you have. The ideal son that everybody should desire to be is the beloved son. Thank God for his word that you have heard. Open your mouth and begin to thank God. In the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning. Father, thank you. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the way that you brought the light into the area of
Do you know that to become a son it is a decision you must make oh, yes. to become a son oh, yes. choice I'm not talking about being a biological son Without you have no decision you have no choice when I started I explained to you who a son is biologically and spiritually and so at this point we are talking about spiritual to become a son or a daughter is a decision so, you make. Like we read in John chapter 1, 12 and 13. He says, but as many as received him and believe on him. As many as received him. So it was a choice. There was a choice between receiving and not receiving. And you made the decision to receive him and acknowledge him. And so you became a son. So becoming a son or a daughter is a choice. It's a decision you make. And to become a rebellious son. To become a beloved son. To become the first child to become a prodigal son is a decision you make. The Bible says the prodigal son, he woke up and said unto the father, he said, share your property that which befalls me, give it unto me. And when he took it, he went into a faraway country and there he wasted it and lived a riotous life. The beloved son the Bible says Jesus Christ, though he was equal with God, he did not commit, he did not see it as robbery in committing or comparing himself to God. But he obeyed. He was obedient. Even unto the point of death. It's a choice. It's a choice. The first child, he chose to stay. He said, all these years I have been with you. And I have been loyal to you. I have not transgressed any of your commandments. He said, I have always been with you. It's a choice and a decision for one to make. To become what type of son you want to be. To become a son in the first place is a decision Amen. 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 Praise him. Jesus is alive. And many of us, most of the time, our decisions have led us into sin. Because the choices come to you. And instead of you to make the right choice. Because the Bible says, the beloved son, he was referred to as the beloved son. Not because he did easy and non-difficult things. What is more difficult than giving your life? Surrendering your life to be killed. To be crucified on the cross. That was the decision Jesus Christ made. And so he became a beloved son. What kind of decision are you making? When it comes to the church, when it comes to the things of God, what decision are you making? The 
The Bible says, seeing that we are surrounded by a multitude, a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin that easily besets us. And let us run the race that is set before us. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1. Wherefore, see that we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which easily besets us. And let us run the race with patience. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. I told you that the beloved son his life is set on a course that he must follow. His life is all about the father's business. His life has been patterned in a way that he should follow. And he chose to follow that pattern. He chose to live that life for the father. What weight are you carrying this morning? That is easily besetting you. What sin are you carrying this morning? What weight are you carrying this morning? The Bible says God does not tempt any man with evil. And so when you are tempted, do not say I am tempted of God. James chapter 1 verse 13. He said, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempted he any man. Verse 14. He said, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust. And enticed. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust. And he said, Then when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin and sin. And when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. What weight are you carrying this morning? For which reason you are not able to make the right decision? Is it a weight of your aspirations and your desires? To become what you want to become in this world. And notice the Bible says weight and sin. That we should put it aside and be able to run with patience, with endurance, the race that has been set before us. This morning we are going to pray concerning our choices and our decisions when it comes to the things of God, when it comes to the work of God, the choices and the decisions that we make. It's very vital in qualifying us to become the prodigal son, the first son, the beloved son, or the rebellious and stubborn son. It is all about our decisions and our choices. So we are going to pray. And we are going to ask God.
Bible says God is rich in mercy. And if we shall confess our sins, He is faithful and just. To forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And He will give us a right standing before Him. So in the past, if we have made decisions that were foolish, if we have made certain choices that were foolish, we are asking God to have mercy on us. To show us mercy. Because God's mercy is able to wipe away all our foolishness. Lift up your hands towards us. And begin to pray now. That Lord, all my decisions and choices I have made, if it has not been about your work, if I have not made the right decisions concerning your work, Lord, have mercy on me. Show me mercy. Show me mercy this morning. Show me the mercy this morning. In the name of Jesus, open your mouth and pray.
this moment, I know that we are all desiring to become the beloved son. But you see, the things that you must do and go through to be referred to as the beloved son, it is not a life of pleasure and leisure. But it's a life of obedience. Obedience even unto the point of death. Jesus was not referred to as a beloved son by living a life of pleasure and leisure. But he lived a life of obedience even unto the point of death. That was the life he lived. That was what qualified him to be referred to as the beloved son. And so for us to be referred to as beloved son, there is a qualification we must attain. A qualification in obedience. And this school will not taught you this. Will not teach you this. It comes by hearing the word of God. And it. It comes through the word of God. By living a life of obedience. That is only when we can be referred to as beloved sons and daughters. We will not be referred to as beloved sons and daughters if we are living lives of convenience instead of conviction. Jesus' life was not about convenience. It was about conviction. It was about obedience. It was about the Father's spirit. Everything about the Father. That was what he lived for. And that is what we have been admonished to live for. Amen. Amen. Praise him. Jesus is alive. So we are going to pray and ask for the grace of God. That yes, we may desire, we may desire to become a delightful or a beloved son. But when we look at the things we must do, when we are faced with the things we must do to become beloved sons, would we be able to Would we be able to stand how long can we remain beloved sons? Can we stay forever? Can we remain forever? Can we be obedient forever? Even when God has given us all that we need, in the midst of the abundance that God has given us, in the midst of the elevation that God has given us, are we still going to be obedient to the servant of God? Are we still going to stay sons in the church? Are we still going to commit to the things we are doing in the church? Even after God has made us chief executive officers and all that, even after God has made us missuses, are we still going to stay obedient to the servant of God? It requires a certain kind of grace to be able to stay forever. So better the first child, he said, I have lived with you all these years. I have stayed with you forever. He takes a certain kind of grace to live 
I stay forever. Irrespective of the circumstances. And so we are going to pray and we are going to ask God this grace. He said we should come to the throne of grace with boldness that we may, we may obtain mercy and find help in time of need. And so with boldness we are coming to the throne of grace. And we are asking God for grace. We are, the Bible says, obtain mercy and find grace and find help in time of need. This is the time we need His help. The help to remain beloved sons. The help and the grace to become beloved sons. Lift up your hands. And ask God, the Lord, give me your grace. The grace to become a beloved son. The grace to remain a beloved son. The grace to remain forever. In the name of Jesus. Say, my Father, my Lord. My Father, my Lord. My Father, my Lord. This morning, this morning, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I receive your grace. I receive your grace. To become a beloved. To become a beloved. To remain a beloved. To remain a beloved. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, from our fathers and our mothers' houses. See how reluctant we are praying. Do you know that when you become a beloved son of God, you don't need to pray and bind witches and wizards again. You don't need to pray and ask for things again. Because the first child, the father said, he said, whatever is in the house of you, if you are a beloved son, I remember some time back, Mama was here, and she said something. He said, There are some of you, I don't prophesy to you, I pray for you. He said, There are some of you, you don't need prophecy. I pray for you. That is, a belo- that is a kind of son you are. I don't know. I don't know about you. not come to you and tell you, I see the Lord wants to do this. Oh, make that for you. Who said I'm a person? Yes, any amount. He only pray for you. Open pray more again. And wait for the confirmation of it. No, my change, baby. I'm 
so you don't we don't need to pray and bind witnesses and we yes, can yes, pray. All we are praying for is that we become beloved sons and daughters. Yes, and when we have become beloved sons and daughters, yes, we don't need to bind witnesses and wizards. Because when you are a beloved son and a daughter, there is a shield of protection around you. Like Job. Job. Satan said, said, God not make an hedge around him. Though Satan knew that God had made a hedge around Job, Job himself did not know about this. And so he was confessing negative. He said, That which I feared has come upon me. <laughs> and that gave away and the devil afflicted him. A beloved son does not need to bind witches and wizards. You don't need to be afraid of witches and wizards. Because the hedge of God is around you. But the reason is that you do not know. The first child, you do not know that all that the father had belonged to him. No, and so he was complaining. He was complaining. I have been with you all these years. You haven't even given me a cake to make party with my friends. All that is in the house does it not belong to you. The beloved son. The Bible says God has given him a name which is above every other name. That at the mention of that name, Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue must confess. So you see, Jesus did not need to bind with his because at the mention of his name, Jesus, witches and wizards bow. So we are praying for the grace again. To become beloved sons. Because the Lord knows that we are weak. That is why He's asking us to pray. Our strength comes when we pray. Lift up your hands. We are praying once again. Give us grace. To become beloved sons and daughters. Sons and daughters that will be well pleasing to you. That you will be delighted in us. Ah, in the name of Jesus, pray as though you are binding with and ask for the grace of God. The grace to become a beloved son. The grace to become a beloved daughter. Father, we pray for grace, O Lord, to become beloved sons and daughters, O Lord.
1 John chapter 5 verse 14 and verse 15 that, and this is the confidence we have in him if we ask anything according to his will he heareth us and if we know that he hears us whatsoever we ask we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him he said, and this is the confidence we have and this is the confidence that we have a son believes and trusts in his father a son has confidence in his father and this is the confidence we have in him as sons and daughters whatever we shall ask he will give it to us whatever we shall ask according to his will he gives it to us and it is the will of God that we become beloved sons and so we have asked according to his will and so he has given us the grace to become beloved sons it is equally the will of God that we do well that we prosper in all that we do and so we are going to pray for the prosperity of our work. Amen. The well-being, the wellness of our businesses. Whatever he has given us to do. Whatever work we find ourselves doing. We are praying that it shall prosper. He said, and this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate upon it day and night. Thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Then shall you make your way prosperous and have good success. And have good success. It is the desire and the will of God that we prosper in everything that we do. Said, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thou so prosper. We are praying that Lord as you have declared in your word that you desire our prosperity may we see the prosperity that you have given us. May we see this prosperity in our life in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lift up your hands and begin to pray. The desire of God for you to prosper. See it in the name of Jesus. May we succeed in all that we do. In the name of Jesus. Whatever our hands find to do. May it prosper in the name of Jesus. Oh, 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 oh,
Praise him. Jesus is 